honey on my lips. The psalmist said in Psalm 19 verse 10 about the word of God that it is sweeter than honey. Join Lady Reverend Adelaide Hayward Mills. Life has a way of dishing out to us things that we did not expect. Sometimes it's a dream that seems to be delayed. Many times you see a man, you know, he has a good job, he's a cool dude, his suit is smart, and you think, when I marry him, everything will be together. The unexpected is unexpected from our perspective, but from God's perspective, it is not unexpected. On Sweet Melodies 94.3, as she puts the honey of God's word on your lips, equipping you for all facets of life, this and every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Honey on my lips will change your life, preach good news to the poor, set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, bring recovery of sight to the blind, and proclaim God's year of Jubilee. Honey on my lips. Mmm. Saturdays at 9 a.m. on Sweet Melody. Blessed by God as you tune in to Lady Reverend Adelaide Pewart Mills. Shall we pray? A blessed, happy Mother's Day to all mothers out there. I know that um, the commonest form of motherhood we know about is biological. But I always say every year that the Bible has so many examples of mother figures and mothers who did not necessarily birth their children through the normal birth process. Ruth became a daughter to Naomi and Naomi called her my daughter because spiritually I believe she had given birth to Ruth in so many ways. And that recognition from Ruth towards Naomi brought a lot of untold blessings her way. Eve is known as the mother of the living. Sarah is known as the mother of nations. No womb can give birth to nations, but spiritually and in the realm of the spirit and with things of God, I believe God gives seeds that become nations that sometimes become movements, that sometimes become organizations. A great woman like Catherine Coleman never had any biological children of her own. But I would not be surprised if she had so many more children than any woman could have born naturally. So I want to celebrate you all mothers from all walks of life. And I want to thank God for your lives. We don't have perfect children because even God did not have perfect children in the Garden of Eden. But God gives us grace to raise children, whether spiritual, whether adoptive, whether biological, and to nurture a life. What a privilege. I just want to share a short verse from Luke chapter 2, verse 19, where the Bible says about Mary, that Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered over them. The Amplified said, But Mary was keeping within herself all these things, sayings, weighing and pondering them in her heart. 
That is what mothers do. They keep a lot in their hearts for our sakes. Things that break their hearts, they keep. Things that make them sad, they keep. Things that make them financially bankrupt, they keep. They keep so many things in their hearts. But I pray that like Mary, every mother will keep good things in their hearts. Because if not, you will become a bitter mother. And uh, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 that we should guard our hearts with all diligence. Because out of it are the issues of life. So Mary, she hid these things that God was doing with her child Jesus in her heart. And she pondered over them, weighing and pondering them in her heart. I believe that this is what brings us as mothers to the point of intercession. Because when you weigh and you ponder, it will lead you into the presence of God. It will lead you, if you have a burden, into the presence of the Master. So I just want to encourage us as mothers, we birthed so many things. When Zion traveled, she brought forth. Zion is the sign of a woman traveling and bringing forth something. I pray that this Mother's Day you will travel in prayer. I pray that this Mother's Day will be the beginning of your birthing so many great things in the things of God. For those of us who have had challenges with our children, raising them up and all that, God has not forgotten about you. God still has you in mind. The Bible says he's mindful of you. So on this Mother's Day, for some people it is a sorrowful day. For some people it is a delayed promise. For some people it is a regret. But I want to say that in all of it, let us ponder on the right things. Let us ponder on the things God has done and is doing. And as we weigh them, let us lead us to the throne of grace. And as we go to the throne of grace for our children, for whatever we are supposed to give birth to, may it come forth and may it bring glory to God. Happy Mother's Day. Like Mary, hide treasures in your heart. Ponder over them and let it bring forth a bumper harvest for the kingdom of God. God bless you, all mothers. And God bless you, my own precious mother, mother-in-law, and all the mother figures to me. I can't forget you. God bless. You are listening to Honey on My Lips with Lady Reverend Adelaide Howard Mills. Stay tuned in. Welcome back. Before your words, the words that you speak to us, may they be spirit and life this morning into the hearts of your people. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. This morning, I've been talking about faith. And I want to continue doing the same. And I want to say that the topic is, it's all about faith. It's all about faith. 1 Timothy 2, verses 4 to 5. 1 Timothy 2, verses 4 to 5. It's all about faith. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy 1, sorry, 4 and 5. I don't know what I was thinking about. 2 Timothy 1, 4 and 5. I'm now getting there. Are you there? 2 Timothy 1, verses 4 and 5. This is Paul writing to Timothy, his son. 
In verse 2, he says to Timothy, my dearly beloved son. And then when we come to verse 4, he says, Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I recall to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Amen. Now Paul in verse 2 calls Timothy his son because he birthed him into the ministry. But before he could be birthed into the ministry, somebody had laid a foundation of faith. And that somebody was Timothy's grandmother and mother. It is said that your first classroom is on your mother's lap. Amen. That's when you learn how to even suck and how to eat. And I think that God in his wisdom said, honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you and that your days may be long on the land which the Lord thy God has given thee. He's given you the land. But for your days to be long and for it to be well with you, we are asked to honor our father and our mother. And we learn from this that these two great women invested something that was more precious than money. And that was faith. A belief system a way of life for their children or their child Timothy because the father was a Greek and many women feel that oh the high priest of the house must be the man but if the man is not born again or he's not godly God still uses women to minister in the lives of even sons amen and so God God's purpose and all that is fulfilled in Timothy because Lois and Eunice played a great part in transmitting their DNA and their genes, their faith genes to their son. And I wonder how many mothers make a conscious effort to transmit our faith genes or our faith DNA to our children. Or how many of us in writing our will think about the belief system or the faith of our children. But this morning I say it's all about faith because it is the best legacy that a mother can give to her children. Amen. And if you read Deuteronomy 6, and this time I want you to read with me, Deuteronomy chapter 6. From verse 6 to 9. And I'm using the good news version. Never forget these commands that I'm giving you today. Teach them to your children. Repeat them when you are at home and when you are away. When you are resting and when you are working. Tie them on your arms and wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. Amen. Now, the Bible also says about Timothy... Paul said that from a child thou has known the scriptures and that has made you wise. And Paul, God is saying in Deuteronomy that this is the place or these are the places not to forget his commandments. Teach them to your children, number one. Repeat them when you are at home. Does the word of God come out of us when we are at home? When your child brings a problem, is the first solution Oh, God said, or oh, let's pray. Let me share a scripture with you. 
Let me tell you what happened to me. Let me rehearse a testimony before you. Or is it, you know, your father is a very bad man. I've suffered in this life. And things like that, that are not verses, that are not life-giving, that are not spirit and life. These are the things that sometimes we transmit at home and repeat to our children. And he says, when you are away, when you are resting, such as you are resting, your children are all over you and can they learn anything about the God you claim to serve and the God you claim to love when you are resting and when you are working? And he says, tie them on your arms. We all have bracelets and watches, but the word of God is not an ornament on us. And wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts. You see, most of us have Christ is the the head of this house, the unseen guest. We want to see him. We want to see him in the things you do and your lifestyle. We want to see him. The unseen guest at every meal. We want to see him at meal times. We want to see that we pray over our meals. We want to see him. Amen. And faith sees God. It doesn't mean with your, your eyes, but you still see God. And what is in you will come out. If it's politics, if it's gossip, if it's people's lives, if it's things that are airy and don't matter, it will come out of you. And these are the things that you will put on your doorposts and you will put on your arms and you will put on, when you are coming, we know that the latest gossip is coming because it's on your forehead. But the Bible says it's the word, the commandments of the Lord that should come. And the reason why God gave it is so that it may be well with you. Amen. So I'm saying that some of the ways of transmitting our faith is by teaching our children. My father had uh, morning devotions with me. He had a song he liked. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. He will sing it over and over again. And then he will take a light for her path. And then read it. All of us gathered. Sometimes my big brothers and sisters did not feel like coming, but it was compulsory. You know, and then sometimes when we are going to school, he'll say he's praying for us. When I was in the university, my sister and I. And sometimes his prayer was more an indirect way of talking to us than praying, but it still worked. Because one morning we went to him and we said, Daddy, we have to leave. We are going. And he, he stretched forth his hand and said he was praying for us. Lord, I pray for my two children as they are in Legon. Lord, Legon is hell. Lord, the boys will speak to them. Lord, they'll be tempted. Lord, they'll have all sorts of ideas. But great Jehovah, keep them from bad things. From, they are like flowers, Lord. They are bl- bl- blooming like flowers. So there's a lot of incarceration in the prayer. But I believe that God still had them. And that legacy of faith has kept us. No matter how much my siblings strayed, most of them have come back to the path. Because something, the legacy of faith cannot fail. And this afternoon, I'm saying it's all about faith. And I'm saying that there are different kinds of faith, which is what I want to talk about today. Okay, so I won't be long. So bear with me. Now, you can be a believer and you can know God, but you will get to a place where God will say to you, you have no faith. So the first level is no faith. Mark chapter 4 verse 40. No faith. Mark 4, verse 40. No faith. Mark 4, 40. This is about the storm 
Jesus, you know, his disciples were somewhere. He said, let's go over to the other side. They have not asked you that they want to go to any other side. You said they should come. You are taking them to the other side. And as he was taking them to the other side, the Bible says a great storm arose. And then when it arose, there was a great wind and the waves beat onto the ship so that the ship was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they woke him up and said unto him, Master, carest not thou that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Be still. And the wind ceased and there was a calm. And verse 40, And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? I don't know why God comes when the boat is full. I often ask humanly, why don't you come when it's starting to flood? Why don't you come when it's middle three quarters, but you wait, the ship is full, and you are still asleep? You know, there are so many contradictions. The Bible says, consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners. So sometimes life itself is contradictory, but our God is not contradictory. Amen. And they have to wake you up. You are not even aware of your environment. You are not aware of the danger that we are in. But it's because he knows that we are in good hands. Amen. And as he walked down, he, he just got up calmly and rebuked the sea, the wind and all that. And then he said, how is it that you are so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? And I want to say that God is so compassionate that even when you have no faith, he still works a miracle on your behalf. Because many times in our faith work, we have been taught that if you don't have faith, it's a zero place. You don't start anywhere. But, you know, sometimes you have faith for salvation to be born again. But faith for a certain storm, you may realize that you are going down. But the mercy of God shores us up. And he still gives us a miracle even when we have no faith. Hallelujah. And so it's not all our efforts. It's not all our things that we do. It says it's of the mercies of God that we are not consumed. But we feel that we are not consumed because of our prayer. We are not consumed because of our fasting. We are not consumed because of our righteousness. All those things are good, but it's of his mercies. And so we have to learn to appropriate his mercy, and it will be well with us. Amen. But this is not to encourage you to stay at the no faith level. It's to encourage you to move on in your faith. Another type of faith is weak faith, which we will come to. But now I want to speak about dead faith. Romans chapter 2. James chapter 2. Why am I saying different things? James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Amen. Ask your friend, what's your level of faith, please? James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Are we there? I want to read from verse 17 to 19. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But would thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 22, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was, made, was faith made perfect. 
And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Many of us are part of the faith movement and we have a lot of faith. But the Bible says that show me your faith by your works and that you can have dead faith. And some people say, oh, but I believe, I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his holy son, who was conceived of the Virgin Mary, born of, conceived of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, all that. It's true, you believe, but demons also believe and tremble. That's what James 2.19 says. So if you're on the level of demons in your faith, then you haven't reached anywhere. And that is dead faith. In the first service, I was saying that a man was very sick. They called all the catering, the good catering companies. They brought all the food and they asked him, do you believe when you eat this, you'll be well? He said, I believe, I believe, I believe. He kept saying, I believe till he passed away. Why did he pass away? Did he not believe? He believed, but he did not act on what he believed. And many of us, our faith is dead faith. That's why we even wear the things we wear. And that's why when we are in our marriages and the word of God blows a whistle as the referee, we'll time out. We say, no, extra time, injury. Injury time, we are playing on and we are not stopping. Because show me your faith by your works. So it's not enough to just say, oh, I believe, I believe, I believe. But your belief system will transform into your behavior. Amen. And I mean, church going has just come. You just come to church and you flow and they ask you, well, how was the word? It was powerful. What was shared? You don't know. There's nothing in you because the word of God has not fallen on good soil. Hallelujah. It's being choked by various things and there's no depth. But show me your faith by your works. If we are really people of faith, our lives would change. The power of the Holy Spirit will be seen in our lives. And the power of the Holy Ghost to transform. If Paul and Medra could be changed and it's the same Holy Spirit, then you and I can also be changed. If Mary Magdalene can be changed, then you and I can be changed. Hallelujah. But how can we still stay the same? Because our faith is dead. Faith without works is dead. Hallelujah. And I want to talk about little faith. We're having a small Bible study. Matthew chapter 6 verse 30. Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. Little faith. So no faith, dead faith, and little faith. Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Of ye, O ye of little faith. So no faith, dead faith, little faith. And little faith believes for things it can see. Clothes, perishable things. That's little faith. Prosperity, cars. All those things are good, but you are midgets. Little, little faith. How come the people of faith, the faith they walked in, Help them to fulfill God's purpose on their lives. When you look at Abraham, Moses, they were just following God's call and then other things were added. But how come our faith is to kill your mother who was never a witch till you turned 30 and you married? 
Our faith is to shoot the devil in the realm of the spirit. Our faith is to receive only prophetic words about ourselves and nothing else. That is little faith and we must progress from there. Hallelujah. Little faith is the one that can clothe you. Little faith is the one that can give you food on your table. Little faith is the one that can give you comfort in this life. But we need to go beyond little faith. Hallelujah. It's all about faith. Amen. And then I want to talk about weak faith. Romans chapter 4. Weak. The faith is there but it's weak. It's not strong. (laughs) Romans chapter 4. And I'll be ending soon. Romans chapter 4. Are we there? It's talking about Abraham. Verse 19. And it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And being not weak in faith, He considered not his his own body. Amen. Now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Being not weak in faith. When you are weak in faith, you consider the things around you. And when you are weak in faith, you you consider the obstacles around you. When you are weak in faith, you live by what you see, by statistics, and by figures and by history. Amen. That is weak faith. But this one I said, and be not weak in faith, he considered not. So when you consider evidence and human things, then you are weak in faith. Amen. Weakness in faith looks at circumstances, looks at what you are going. Sometimes you look at your marriage, you say, Lord, it's finished, it's spoiled. But that's why he said, give me be- I'll give you beauty for ashes. Bring the ashes of your marriage. I'll give you beauty. <laughs> but you look at the ashes, it means it's finished. You see, when it's wood, it's okay. When it's dry wood, it's okay. But once fire is put in it and it's bent, how can anything come out of it? You look at your life, say, it's ashes. You look at your ministry, say, it's ashes. The call of God, it's ashes. But it is when we come to nothing, that's what God wants. He wants your ashes so that he can give you beauty. But if you have weak faith, you look at the ashes and you are not able to rise up above that which you see, above that which you experience. But I can testify to you that God is faithful. And God does not depend on what you see. The word of God is stronger than anything you have experienced or been through. And the word of God has been tried and tested seven times. And the word of God will always triumph over their circumstances. Hallelujah. Even you cry, but believe him. Cry, but trust him. Don't figure out how, because you can't. In many ways, I see that if I were God, I would solve the miraculous problems differently. I say that if I was feeding the 5,000, I would take an offering and go and buy bread and come. I will not give thanks, looking up to heaven, bless the five loaves and two fish, and then distribute it. If I get to the Red Sea, I will not take you there in the first place, because I don't like problems and wahala. And I will take you by, you see, there was a shortcut. I will take you by the shortcut so that your faith will not be tested. There will be no serpents in the wilderness. You will be okay. That's how I will solve all that problem. 
if I'm in the Garden of Eden, I'll, not, I'll make sure that the serpent doesn't come there. But we are created in God's image, so we have to exercise our own free will. If I was to orchestrate the birth of Jesus, I will build a nice palace and I'll do signs and wonders for Jesus to appear, not in a manger. But thank God I'm not God. Because if you make a palace and all that, Herod will find him easily. But when he's among the crying of the cows, his tears are not even heard. And that is the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Weak faith. Now I want to talk about strong faith, which is our last whatever. Romans 4.20 He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Hallelujah. Just come with me to Genesis 17. I think that we need to read a revelation there and then we'll be running to the finish line. Amen. Genesis chapter 17, verse 17. Genesis 17, 17. Then, well, let's read verse 4 so that you know what I'm saying. Verse 4. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Verse 17. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is 19 years old, 90 years old bear? And then let's read chapter 18 verse 12. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? Now, it is amazing that Abraham laughed after God had given him the promise and changed his name. That I have a covenant with you. You will be a father of many nations and you will be called Abraham for today. You are now the father of many nations. That's verse 4. And then in verse 17, he fell on his face and in his heart, he laughs. That, oh, when I look at my body, I look at Sarah. Shall I really give birth? And then Sarah also laughs in her own privacy. But these people are still mentioned in the group, the hall, hall of fame of faith. Because faith is a journey and not a destination. And we are taught that, oh, if you stagger a bit, then you are out. But you are not out. God knows that like a toddler, it's part of the working, working process. That sometimes you may tumble a little. Sometimes your steps may not be steady. But he just wants you to keep on going. To keep on going. If it were you and I, we will not call Abraham the father of nations. Because he missed it. We said, oh, he laughed. And he even said his body, this is, but Romans says that he considered not the deadness of his body. How can the Bible say that? Because God knows that even when you laugh, it doesn't mean it's the end of your faith. But you have little staggerings, but you will make it by the grace of God. And God will give you his hand and walk on with you. Hallelujah. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, knowing that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I think that the way to strong faith is not to stagger at God's promises through unbelief, but to be strong in faith. And the way to be strong in faith is, number one, give glory to God. When you can't see, 
when you don't understand, when it doesn't make sense, give glory to him that he's sovereign. Give glory to him that he's wiser than you. Give glory to him that he's in control. Give glory to him that he knows what he's doing. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, number one. Being fully persuaded. We need to be fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. You see, God doesn't need our resources. He doesn't need our help. Whatever he has promised, he knows how to bring it about. We don't know how. Amen. If you look at five loaves, two fish, Philip said, but what are so few in the face of so many? And it's a natural question, but he is able to perform that which he has promised. And we need to be fully persuaded so that we will have strong faith. Hallelujah. So faith is a journey. Faith is not a destination. But as you go through, no faith, dead faith, weak faith, strong faith, you have to keep progressing. It's like a muscle. Many of you will be saying, Lady Pastor, how do I get faith? How do I get faith? Is it just confessing? First of all, the Bible says God has given to every measure, everyone the measure of faith. Everybody has a measure, the measure of faith. And then from there is a launching pad. And whatever you stretch grows. So when you stretch your muscle, it grows. And God will give you many opportunities for your faith to be stretched. But when the opportunities come, may we make ample use of them. Some of us, when the opportunities come, the form of affliction and trials, we cave in and we give up. But Peter said that, James said, count it all joy. When you go through various trials, knowing this, that the trial of your faith, your faith will be tried. Worketh patience, but let patience have her full work, that you may be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Most of us, we don't want to lack anything. But the process of getting to that place of lacking nothing is a difficulty. But the Lord will help us so that we will come to that place of strong faith in the God that we profess to know. Strong faith does not look around at what is happening. Strong faith does not look at experiences. Strong faith looks at God's word. Even when the body is getting old, even when things don't look naturally possible, strong faith says, you are sovereign. Whatever you want to do, you can do. Whatever you have promised, you can do. I don't doubt your ability, but I know above all that you are God. I pray that this morning, in your walk with God, you will not give up. You may toddle like Peter when Jesus said, come. And then he just started to sink in the water. And Jesus said to him, have you no faith? But he still stretched out his hand to him. You may be at the level of no faith, but the Lord is stretching his hand to you. You may be at the level of little faith, but the Lord will still do that miracle. Because he doesn't wait on you to perform what he has said. May his mercies... And his strength and his grace bring us to that place of strong faith and of great faith in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet, please. Want to pray? The Bible says that just shall live by his faith. I want you to close your eyes. And to these few minutes, it's not a social thing. I want you to speak to God. And tell him, encourage my faith. If I need to see a vision, encourage my faith. If I need a word to encourage my faith, give it to me. If I need some experience, help me. Encourage my faith this morning, Lord. And lead me on my faith journey. And lead me progressively 
to the place where you want me to be. I want you to talk to God about your belief system, your faith, and what guides you in this life. Oh, Jesus, encourage our faith. When our faith is weak, when our faith is dead, when we have no faith, when our faith is little, may the hands of the master lift us up. May we be encouraged. May we be able to walk even when our feet are lame, that our feet may not be turned out of the way. Have mercy on us, O God. May our faith be stirred up this morning. May our faith not stagger at your promises. Help us to be fully persuaded. Help us to to allow faith to come by spending time in your word and by allowing ourselves to be changed by your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that the faith that dwells in us will be transmitted to many generations. The ones that are born and the ones not yet born. May we live an eternal legacy in this life and on this earth in the name of Jesus. Every eye closed, every head bowed. You are here this afternoon. You don't know Jesus as your personal savior. You want to say, lady pastor, pray for me. I want to know Jesus as my personal savior. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. Lady pastor, please pray for me. I want to go to heaven. I want to be born again. I want to make it. I want to start afresh with Jesus. You are here like that. I want you to lift up your hands. And I want to reach you with prayer. You are here like that this afternoon. I want you to lift up your hands and give your life in surrender to Jesus. And start all over again. Start anew with him. If you are here like that this afternoon, kindly slip up your hand and I'll pray with you wherever you are standing. That the Lord will encourage your faith that the Lord will encourage your faith. If you are here, you've lifted up your hands. I want to encourage you to take a step towards me. I want to meet you at the foot of the stairs. I want to lead you to Jesus. Give me that privilege and that honor. Come to Jesus. 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 Jesus Jesus is calling softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. Come to Jesus. He's a life changer. He understands. He will make you a new person. Come to Jesus. We are waiting for you. Come. Come and make a dedication. Come and turn your life around through the touch of the Master. You've just finished hearing this message and I cannot leave you without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to say, Lady Reverend Adley, pray for me. I don't know whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I'm not sure of where I will go or my destination. I want to make things right with God. I want to start afresh with God. I want Jesus to come into my life and be the Lord of my life. If you want to have Jesus as the Lord of your life, I just want to invite you to say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Take my life and come inside and be the Lord of my life. Thank you for coming to die for me, Jesus. 
Thank you for rising from the dead so that I may have eternal life. And thank you that by this prayer, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Jesus, come in and be Lord of my life. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the CDs and DVDs advertised on today's program, or to find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kanishi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.